Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Woo! We're back! The NFL season is upon us. Week one, baby! Woo! I slept for like an hour and a half last night. I did not sleep at all in anticipation for this show, but mostly for the football. I I studied a lot yesterday. I'm ready to give you some fantasy advice, help you with your lineups, but I am just ready to watch football. Woo! Woo! I am ready to go. I am your host, Steven Serta. This is Fantasy Football Sunday. Thank you guys very much for joining us on this wonderful, beautiful, cloudy, wet Sunday in Kansas City. Where I want to start this morning before we get into the matchups, the biggest story in the NFL. One of the craziest stories I've seen in sports, Antonio Brown forces his way out of Pittsburgh to get traded to the Oakland Raiders, to decide that he doesn't like playing in Oakland either, forces his way off the team there just so he can sign a one-year deal with the New England Patriots and change the entire landscape of the 2019 NFL season. I understand why a lot of people might be frustrated about this. I find it a little bit frustrating because I think the Chiefs were the Super Bowl favorites, at least in my opinion. They were the most exciting team, I think, that everybody was looking forward to this year because that offense is going to be dynamic and fun and Patrick Mahomes is an incredible player. And now all of a sudden, 42-year-old Tom Brady's got maybe the best offense, (laughs) well, for sure, the most talent he's had on offense since he went 16-0 with Randy Moss and Wes Welker. And this team, this offense is probably even better than that. Their running game's better. Their defense is probably better right now. It's got to be frustrating as a Chiefs fan. It, 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 it genuinely, this this offense could be more explosive with Josh Gordon, with Julian Edelman, with Sony Michelle. Then you factor in Antonio Brown. It doesn't matter who the hell their tight end is now that they don't have Gronk. They've got Antonio Brown, who's been the best wide receiver in the NFL for the last six years. I understand that his numbers have gone down a little bit, but he still had 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns last season. Any wide receiver in the NFL would be happy with those numbers. And Tom Brady, A.B. already had a Hall of Fame quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, and Tom Brady's probably the best quarterback that Antonio Brown has ever had. It's just ridiculous. Let's spread the field. Spread the field. Our first matchup of the day. You probably knew where I was going to start. Titans at the Browns. You know how I love my Browns. But I want to start with the poor, poor Tennessee Titans. I actually think I'd play Deion Lewis today. He's He's got a pretty good value. He's not a guy I targeted in a lot of season-long leagues. But in my daily lineups, I'm interested in a little Deion Lewis. I am not interested in Derrick Henry at all in this game. 
Uh, probably think I am just being biased, but even if you think the Browns' offense isn't going to live up to expectation because of what whatever storyline you fabricated in your mind that you know they're not going to be able to work together, Odell's a diva, Baker's a diva, it's not going to work out, their defense is going to be ridiculous. Like, Miles Garrett finally has somebody on the other side of him who can put pressure on the quarterback. Olivier Vernon's going to be a monster in that defense. Their cornerbacks are beautiful, by the way. Like, that, 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 that defense is going to give a lot of problems to opposing quarterbacks, and that includes the Tennessee Titans because they don't have Taylor Luan, their best offensive lineman for the first four games of the season. Marcus Mariota might get benched if he's terrible in this game for Ryan Tannehill. So I don't really want any part of the Tennessee Titans offense, but I do think that he's going to have to throw the ball. He's going to have to throw it quick, and he's going to have to dump it off to Deion Lewis. So I like Deion Lewis a lot more than I like Derrick Henry in this game. Other than that, I don't really want any other Titans pass catcher because I don't, I don't really trust him to begin with. But I am interested in Delaney Walker just a just a little bit because the Browns over the last several years have been pretty bad against the tight end position. But as I just mentioned, they pretty much rebuilt the entire defense. So that might not even hold up. So I think Deion Lewis is the only Tennessee Titan that I'm willing to take a risk on. Of course, you know I want my Browns, though. Baker's accuracy is intoxicating. Odell's a little banged up, but he should be fine to play today. He is probably going to be shadowed by a Dory Jackson, who is a very, very good cornerback. But I think Odell in this offense with the accuracy of Baker Mayfield is a matchup proof type of player because there's so many weapons. I don't necessarily love Jarvis Landry. Tennessee was very good against slot wide receivers last year. And the Titans only gave up two tight end touchdowns all of last season. So I am not taking any David and Joku shares in my lineups whatsoever today. They're kind of middle of the pack run defense. So I do like Nick Chubb, who's going to get a bulk of the work. And I think Nick Chubb is a monster. You know, we got to worry about the Browns offensive line a little bit, but I still think you insert Nick Chubb in your lineup and you just leave him there without thinking about it. Baltimore Ravens at the Miami Dolphins. Oh, you better deploy Lamar Jackson in week one. Dolphins are garbage. Like, straight up, they're garbage. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're not even trying to lie about it. They they are actively making their roster worse. That spells pretty good things for the Baltimore Ravens, who had one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL last season. And supposedly, if you, if you listen to their head coach, they're going to set all kinds of rushing records this season, at least in terms of carries. And that's a very good thing for Lamar Jackson going up against the Miami Dolphins, who are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL last year. They got torched by everybody on the ground, not just good teams who actually, so that, so that spells good things for Mark Ingram, who I like a lot today in this matchup. And I'm probably taking a flyer on justice Hill. I know Gus Edwards is still going to be in the mix and you know, we got to see it first from justice Hill. He's a rookie. It was preseason. He might not get very many snaps, but I, just like Justice Hill's game. And, and this te- this Miami Dolphins team is terrible, so I'm willing to take a risk on Justice Hill because one thing I know for a fact, I'm not sure if Lamar Jackson can throw quite yet, but I do know that Justice Hill is dynamic and that they are going to run the ball a lot. So I actually like Justice Hill a lot in this matchup. Don't really want any part of the Ravens wide receivers because, again, I'm not really sure Lamar Jackson is that good of a passer just yet or how much they're even going to throw the ball. And I'm not messing with anybody in the Dolphins. Preston Williams is an exciting dynasty guy. I took him in a dynasty league. 
He's an interesting play, but not your regular season-long lineups. And, I mean, come on. Are, are we really going to try, try to sit here and, and do you want me to try to convince you that Albert Wilson's a guy you should seriously think about putting in your lineup? Get out of here. The Atlanta Falcons at the Minnesota Vikings. I do love this matchup. And Stefan Diggs was a legit, you know, questionable game-time decision type of player. But according to Adam Schefter this morning, Stefan Diggs is expected to play. I was a little bit worried if he didn't play because if he doesn't play, then Adam Thielen gets significantly hurt. Adam Thielen averages like 25 yards less per game when Stefan Diggs doesn't play. They are both connected at the hip. They need one another to succeed, but Diggs is supposed to play. So that means that I actually like Thielen. I like Diggs still going against a Falcons defense that is finally healthy. So they've got some players on that side of the ball, but you still don't expect them to be like a, a elite top end type of unit. I do like Kirk Cousins. I don't, you know, I hate Kyle Rudolph. I'm not going to waste time. Kyle Rudolph's terrible. He's a terrible tight end. Stop drafting him on your fantasy team because you know he's going to let you down each and every year. One of my favorite players of the week, however, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's ability is absolutely game-changing. If he can stay healthy, he's a legit top 10 running back candidate because you know he's a home run waiting at all times. He just needs a little bit of space to take it to the house. And it's been getting hammered home on Twitter all week long. The Falcons over the last four years have given up the most running back receptions of any team in the NFL. That's not just a uh, personnel thing. That's a schematic thing. Like, they are scheming it up to say, okay, we're fine. We're, we're fine with these running backs getting pa passes out of the backfield. As long as we can try to contain them, we're okay with them getting three or four yards. Well, they're not very good at containing that either. And Dalvin Cook, you get him in a little space, and he can take it 85 yards, as we saw him do in the preseason. I absolutely love Dalvin Cook today. He's going to be one of the most popular plays on any daily site that you put a lineup in on. Julio Jones, fresh off of his extension, record-breaking extension with the Atlanta Falcons, should be good to go. He's actually struggled quite a bit against Mike Zimmer um, in, his, in his career with the Vikings. Uh, Xavier Rhodes has been slowed a little bit, so you're still going to play Julio, of course. You're not going to take a risk at benching one of the most consistent wide receivers in the NFL. And I love Calvin Ridley season-wise, but not really in this one. The Vikings have the speed at the cornerback position to contain an explosive wide receiver like Calvin Ridley in the secondary. So I'm not starting him in any of my lineups this week. I understand that you might not have a better wide receiver, but there's a lot of guys I'd, I'd be more interested in taking a risk on than starting a guy like Calvin Ridley against this top-end Vikings secondary. Devontae Freeman also a bench for me this week because the Vikings run defense has been one of the best run-stopping units in the NFL over the last several years. They do give up a little bit in the pass-catching game. So take that for what it's worth. You know, Devontae Freeman's going to be a three-down back for them, He's going so he's going to get those opportunities. So, if you don't have anybody else in your season-long league, and likely likely you don't, Matt Ryan's probably going to be in your lineup along with Devontae Freeman, along with Julio, along with Calvin Ridley. I'm just telling you, I don't necessarily love that. Let's get to weather. Storm warnings with Steve. So when I initially put this weather report together, we are we were all worried about a hurricane in Jacksonville, and it's actually it looks like it's going to be all right today for the Kansas City Chiefs against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is supposed to be hot and humid in Jacksonville, but man, I think that'll be good for Patrick Mahomes. Get a little sweaty, 
throw some touchdown passes against one of the most elite defenses in the NFL. Should be fun. Other than that, weather looks pretty good today around the NFL. Possible drizzle for the Seattle Seahawks. But I'm one of those people, this is more about me making fun of the idea that we constantly have to be worried about weather as if these guys haven't played football in poor weather before. I'm not taking any any elite player out of my lineup because I'm worried about the weather. Like, let's be real about that. It's 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 just absolutely absurd. Gotta hit a quick timeout, but coming up next, the Arrowhead Pride Fantasy Locks, and we're going to address some daily plays that you need to lock in for week one of the NFL season. 610 Sports Radio. I'm wrong quite frequently on this show. A radio.com station. Arrowhead Pride Fantasy Locks of the Week. Pete Sweeney here, host of the Arrowhead Pride tailgate coming up at 10 a.m. We'll be previewing Chiefs and Jaguars, but right now here is my daily fantasy lineup. At quarterback, I have Lamar Jackson. They're playing the Miami Dolphins at running back Le'Veon Bell, on Johnson. Wide receiver, D.D. Westbrook. I like the matchup against the Chiefs. This is their number one wide receiver, although he'll be out of the slot. I also like Michael Gallup and Adam Thielen in Minnesota. For tight end and flex, I have two Chiefs. I'm going with Travis Kelsey because I think he's going to absolutely eat today. And a flex, a little bit of a surprise here. I got Shady McCoy. I think Andy Reid can't help himself. He's going to draw up something for his new acquisition. And then for my defense, I have the Cleveland Browns. Again, you can catch a little bit more analysis on this and more about Chiefs Jaguars. It's 10 a.m. The Hour Head Pride Tailgate. Stay with us. Now back to Steve. My good friend Pete Sweeney did come out with me for my birthday on Friday. I turned 30 yesterday, but I didn't do anything because I spent all all day studying fantasy football in anticipation for this show for myself and for you guys because I want to help you guys out as much as I want to win. And so that's why I do this fantasy show. That's why I do the weekly podcast. That's why I give you all my insights because I'm in a bunch of leagues. I'm out here giving away all this info for free, knowing full and well that all my friends listen to it and they know how to snipe me when I'm trying to set my lineups each week. So Protein House, eat with the purpose, text line 69306. Text in your lineup questions. I will be happy to answer those throughout the show to the best of my ability and try to help you get ready to win your week one matchup. We got to get to the goal line goat, though. Goal line goat. So, every week in fantasy football, there is a, a goal line vulture that you got to worry about. You know, generally, it's a Latavius Murray type of player, which, in my opinion, people are way too high on Latavius Murray because they think he's going to have this Mark Ingram type of role with the New Orleans Saints. I see Alvin Kamara having more of the bell cow workhorse load, which he should. He's just a much better player than Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray's a good handcuff, don't get me wrong, but people were reaching on Latavius Murray quite a bit in fantasy drafts, and I just don't understand why. Uh, I I would much, if if I'm going to take a guy based off of touchdown upside, I'd rather take a guy like Royce Freeman, especially this week in week one. I don't love Royce Freeman as a player, but he feels like he's going to get a touchdown from in the, inside the five this week. The Raiders are a bad football team. While the Broncos aren't exactly an overly talented team, I think they can blow out the Raiders, and supposedly Royce is going to get more work. I don't think Royce is super explosive. I don't think he's going to take a bunch of touches away from Philip Lindsay because I think Philip Lindsay is the better player. But I think Royce Freeman is definitely going to get a touchdown. Loud wrong. 
Anthony Miller. I've been hyping up Anthony Miller all damn offseason. I love Anthony Miller. And Thursday night against the Green Bay Packers, he was he got less snaps than Allen Robinson. Makes sense, right? Taylor Gabriel, who, you know, he he played a lot more than Taylor or Taylor Gabriel played a lot more than he did last season. That was kind of expected to start the season. He's coming off of an injury. Maybe they're working him back in slow. But then also some guy named Javon Wims and Cordero Patterson, who was a running back for the New England Patriots last season. He was so bad at route running in Minnesota that the Patriots were just like, man, you're athletic and fast. We'll just make you a running back and not make you run routes at all because you were god-awful at it. And Anthony Miller got less snaps than Cordero Patterson. Tariq Cohen also played a ton of slot wide receiver, so I guess Matt Nagy hates Anthony Miller, or maybe he's just working him back in. But, like, all the offseason hype around Anthony Miller was, this is the second-year sleeper to watch. This is a guy that they love. He's built up a good chemistry with Mitch Trubisky. And I got a bunch of shares of Anthony Miller, and he's out here getting 16 snaps in the opening game of the season. All birds. Daily fantasy value is often found in the home run hitters who can make or break you. That's part of my, that's part of the reason I like playing daily fantasy, I suppose, is that, you know, based on my I love the strategy that's involved in season long. I love the the Long, the long game that's involved in a dynasty league. I'm in multiple dynasty leagues. It's a lot. It's a lot to manage. But when you're as addicted to the stuff as I am, dynasty leagues are a lot of fun. But I play daily lineups because I like to take the shots on the guys that I might not draft in those leagues because I love playing the week-to-week matchups. So all verts is those home run hitters that I think this is my premium daily play lineup that I think is going to get you some type of cash. I love Dak Prescott today. Love Dak Prescott. He has absolutely torched the Giants the last several times he's played them. He's in a contract year. They announced this morning he is not going to get a new deal with the Dallas Cowboys. He's got to get some money and he's got to get paid. I think Dak Prescott is set for a good year. I already told you about my guy, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook reminds me of Jamal Charles in his prime. Like, he's that type of home run hitter, and I love, love, love his game. Just please, please keep him healthy and play for an entire season. But I absolutely love him today against the Atlanta Falcons. He's going to be one of the most popular plays in fantasy. Matt Breida. I think you could actually play Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida today against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were one of the worst teams in the NFL against opposing running backs last season. They're both going to be involved. Tevin Coleman didn't impress at all in the preseason. Matt Breida looked like the much better running back. I've got shares of both in a lot of leagues, but I absolutely love Matt Breida today, and he's coming in a lot cheaper on all daily fantasy sites than Tevin Coleman is. Other values at wide receiver, Tyler Lockett, Adam Thielen, Chris Godwin, all good values for me this week. All guys that I that I love and that I am willing to, to put into my lineup because they are all cheap and they are all primed and ready for good matchups. I already told you Stefan Diggs is expected to play. So Adam Thielen, I think, is set for a very nice workload today. Chargers, Hunter Henry at my tight end position. Hunter Henry coming back off of that season-ending ACL tear that he suffered in training camp last year. He is healthy. He is one of the more dominant freak tight ends out there. You know, we kind of forgot about him last season, but he's right up there with a George Kittle, an Evan Ingram, a Travis Kelsey, like that type of 
dominant freak athlete who can be the best pass catcher in that offense, to be completely honest. I absolutely love Hunter Henry going against the Colts, who are one of the worst defenses in the NFL at giving up pass uh, at giving up catches to the tight end position. And my flex, I love Leonard Fournette. I know we got this revamped Chiefs defense. We don't really know what to expect with Spags. But they were terrible against the run last season. They weren't great against the run in the preseason. I like Leonard Fournette a lot today. He's gonna he's legitimately got an opportunity to get 25 to 30 carries against the Chiefs. And the Ravens defense has to be locked into your lineup without a doubt. Don't even think about it. They're going against the Dolphins. I told you they're deliberately tanking. You have to get the Ravens lineup. It's going to be the most popular defensive play, but it should be. They're playing the Dolphins. Just, just play whoever's going against the Dolphins. Another good another good defense to approach is whoever's playing the Washington R's because we expect their offense to be absolutely terrible. But I think you got to get the Ravens defense in your lineup today. Back into a few of our matchups. Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Josh Allen was a top five quarterback over the final six weeks of last season because of his legs. I just don't believe he's going to make that massive jump where he's all of a sudden an accurate passer. Like, like accuracy is the most important thing for a quarterback, right? And Josh Allen is a horrendous, a horrendously accurate passer. He is just awful. Like he's he's worse than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had a higher completion percentage than Josh Allen did. And Josh Allen had a ton of Aaron throws last season. I don't trust him. I don't want to bank on his legs being that, but the Jets secondary is pretty brutal. So I don't hate the idea of taking a flyer on Josh Allen today. I don't hate the idea of taking a flyer on John Brown to get at least one deep touchdown because the Jets have a nice front, especially adding Keenan Williams in the draft, but their secondary is still absolutely brutal. But you're not going to talk me into Cole Beasley just yet. I know a lot of people are high on him. Supposedly, he's been one of Josh Allen's favorite targets in training camp. I'm just not quite there with Cole Beasley. And a lot of people reached on Devin Singletary after they cut LaShawn McCoy. I'm not playing any of them until I see how it shakes out. Because supposedly Frank Gore is is going to have a, a big role in this offense. And he's going to get a lot of carries. Devin Singletary is supposedly going to be the change of pace guy. TJ Yeldon's going to be involved in the passing game. Like This could be a legitimate committee. Devin Singletary is obviously the most talented guy in that backfield, but I don't think you can risk putting him in your lineup until you get some type of idea how they're going to split that up. Le'Veon Bell, going to be a workhorse, so of course you're going to lock him in. I don't need to spend a lot of time on Le'Veon Bell. I don't love Robbie Anderson this week. I like him a lot throughout the season, because, but today is actually a tough matchup for him because he's probably going to be shadowed by cornerback Tredavious White, one of the best young corner cornerbacks in the NFL. I love Tredavious White. He is a fantastic player. Uh, but So it's a very tough matchup for Robbie Anderson, although Anderson did have 70 yards and a touchdown against White last season. So he's a little bit banged up, but he is expected to play today. I just don't love him in a lot of my lineups. I'm benching him in several leagues. I do like Sam Darnold to... <laughs> take a leap this year, but not in this game because I think Ed Oliver is going to announce himself to the league, and I don't really have a lot of faith in that Jets offensive line. Sorry, Sam. Washington R's at the Philadelphia Eagles. Jay Gruden said this week that the offense is going to run through Darius Geis. I don't love him against an Eagles defense that's been very good against the run over the last two years. Adrian Peterson supposedly is going to be a healthy scratch, as it was reported earlier this week. And apparently a lot of the Washington players are upset that they're just that they're just sitting Adrian Peterson for no reason when he's healthy. 
Um, I I don't know what that means. The, the, this whole this whole Washington situation, Trent Williams sitting out, refusing to show up. It's all gross. The, the the whole the whole offensive unit is gross. Their defense actually has a lot of pieces that I like, and I I'm actually interested to see how that defense shakes out. Adding Landon Collins, they did a lot of good stuff in the draft. They need to just get Dwayne Haskins in the game, in my opinion. But Darius Geis is the only viable starter on that offense, and it sounds like he's going to get a ton of work today. So I mean, if you drafted him in your season-long lineups, you probably have to lock him into your lineup. But I got I to gotta see how bad this Washington offensive unit is first before I'm willing to risk any money on a guy like Darius Geis. Carson Wentz, one of my favorite quarterback plays of the week. I got a ton of shares in Carson Wentz this season. I think he's going to get back to MVP form. Philadelphia made a bunch of good moves in the offseason to make that offense even better than it's already been. In his last three games against Washington, he's thrown multiple touchdowns. Zach Ertz absolutely roasts Washington as well. I like Alshon Jeffrey, even with the bicep injury. He won't be shadowed by Josh Norman. Not that that means a ton anymore. Anyways, and Deshaun Jackson is the boomer bus player that I told you he is. He's got a broken finger. He's supposed to play today. And I guess it's kind of intriguing because I don't trust that Redskins secondary. But we'll see. It's kind of if you buy into the, the revenge game moniker, then I then I guess you could start Deshaun Jackson. He is an interesting deep play for me in a lot in a lot of uh a lot of my daily lineups, and you can get him at pretty good value. I don't. I, I do like JJ Arcega Whiteside as the season goes on to keep an eye on. I think he's a guy that you can't roster him quite yet, but he's a guy you need to keep an eye on throughout the year. And I don't want any part of the Eagles running backs just yet. Miles Sanders, obviously the top running back, but this could be one of those games where just like you know you were disappointed if you started David Montgomery on Thursday night who trailed Mike Davis in carries for the Bears. This could be a similar situation where Jordan Howard gets a ton of work today while they still kind of see what they have in Miles Sanders, he's going to have an opportunity, but I don't trust him just yet. We got to hit a quick timeout when we get back. My good friend from Fantasy Sports Markets, Ben Heisler, makes his long-awaited return to Fantasy Football Sunday. Listening on the Radio.com app, make sure to favorite 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. It is the moment you've all been waiting for. The triumphant return of my good friend Ben Heisler of FantasySportsMarkets.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Benny Heis. Ben, how we doing? It's week one, sir. The shackles of the NFL season <laughs> have finally been lifted off. I am doing well. I am like Antonio Brown jumping for freedom in the confines of my little office in Olathe. But I am great. I am ready to go. I slept like two hours last night. I I could not sleep. There was a storm. I had to get here extra early today to make sure everything was in place and that I was up to date on everything. Yeah, I'm running off like two hours of sleep because I could not wait for football to start. And it's here. But... But, it's here. It's, yeah. it's the, the, the feelings are the jubilation. And again, like when you're in Kansas City, the, the jubilation feeling is, is even more palpable than it was, at least for me on Thursday night as a Bears fan. Uh, and then, you know, sort of that balloon was slowly letting the air out just teeny bit by teeny bit, watching my hopes and dreams from Mitchell Trubisky just fade into the atmosphere. <laughs> but alas, I have reset. I have gotten myself ready to go, and I am ready to help people win this week. 
Luckily, the Packers didn't look very good either, so there's something to uh, hold on to a little, little sliver of hope. But where I do want to start with you, Heiss, is I know Antonio Brown's not going to play tonight for the New England Patriots against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I wish that he was at least on the sideline because that would at least be entertaining to watch, I would Bye. assume. But he's not going to be there because his contract isn't official until tomorrow when he can sign with the team. So he's not going to be at the game at all. But this obviously has massive, massive implications for the rest of the fantasy football season. And in my opinion, the Patriots are legitimately hands down the Super Bowl favorites yet again when headed into the season. They had more question marks on offense than they've ever had. And now all of a sudden they've got maybe the most elite group of pass catchers that they've ever had. It's a pretty remarkable turnaround for New England. And I remember going back to the Scott Fishbowl draft, which is in early July. And, and, and essentially what that is is uh, there's like 1,200 teams. It's all for an incredible good cause. Um, and Tom Brady was not going in a super flex league where you can start two quarterbacks until like the 14th or the 15th round. And, again, there is a precipitous drop-off for Brady's production when it came to the volume. They were going to become a little bit more run-heavy. But, man, all of a sudden I'm looking at their lineup now. You have Josh Gordon reinstated. You, you have Julian Edelman back in the slot. Uh, you're still Philip Dorsett hanging around. They drafted Nikhil Carey. Jacoby Myers has been a team preseason darling. And then you add Antonio Brown to the mix. So I don't know what that says about the possible and potential volume that Brown is likely going to soak up on the other side of Josh Gordon. Um, and you're going to still try and figure out whether or not Matt Lacoste is the answer for Rob Gronkowski at tight end. <laughs> but what it does tell me is that Tom Brady's value in fantasy leagues, if he's still sitting on the waiver wire, uh, all of a sudden now you have a legitimate option to go pick up Tom Brady, regardless of whether you're believing in the ceiling of Josh Allen or you think Kirk Cousins is likely going to have a solid year. And Tom Brady right now might be sitting on your waiver wire, and you're set to have a dominant fantasy year because the weapons around him are terrific. They're still going to run the ball, Serta, and they're still going to do it effectively with Sonny Michelle and James White involved in the passing game. But, man, there's so many weapons now for New England. I think you're right. They now become the undisputed favorite uh, in the AFC. Yeah, and it's got to be devastating for Chiefs fans because you're sitting here watching this thinking, you know, you've got what it takes to finally dethrone them. And then Bill Belichick's like, yeah, I've been scheming this thing from the beginning. Since Antonio Brown <laughs> decided to force himself out of Pittsburgh, I've been directing this thing from behind the scenes, and this was always the plan. Oh, and we've got a really good defense, and the Chiefs' defense is probably going to be terrible because they don't have any cornerbacks. Right. The cornerback situation is terrible for Kansas City. I, I think what we're going to see out of their defense this year, and you can tell me whether you agree or not, is I, I think you're still going to see them give up the big play because Spagnuolo's 4-3 defenses tend to be fairly aggressive. I think the issue becomes the pass rush is just not what you're, we're used to seeing. They still had a pass rush last year. Let's, let's not forget about that. Uh, but the problem was that they couldn't stop the run, number one. They were dead last in the NFL and DVOA in stopping the run. Uh, and the other component was is that you still were able to, to get a, take the ball away. They gave up big plays, and I still think they're going to give up big plays because of their aggressive nature. Um, they just might be a little bit more limiting from 20 to 20. Spagnuolo doesn't care about the yards that he gives up. It's stopping them once they get inside the red zone. So, yeah, I'm not looking at Kansas City as any sort of juggernaut defense this year. In fact, the reality is that I think they'll be middle of the pack, knowing that they can go in a shootout with any team anywhere and probably compete with them. Looking at the Chiefs, offense you know obviously they have a tough matchup today against Jacksonville who you know is still a very very good defense maybe even a little bit better when they add rookie Josh Allen 
into the mix. But they signed LaShawn McCoy. That hurts the value of Damian Williams and Darwin Thompson. I've got a lot of Darwin Thompson shares, so I'm hanging on to him for now in a lot of leagues because I want to see how this thing shapes up. But what's your opinion on Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy? Because I don't really want to start either one of them right now. I want to avoid the Chiefs' backfield. Yeah, and it's not a particularly good matchup going up against Jacksonville. I think where you can exploit them is in the middle of the field. And I think maybe out of those two guys, Damian Williams, because of his ability to catch passes, is probably the best start between those two. I I don't think LaShawn McCoy, at least at this point, is somebody that I want to start. I will say this about the the Chiefs running back situation in general, and you might have heard me talk about this on the drive uh, last week when LaShawn McCoy was signed. Chiefs running backs are incredibly efficient, and they are terrific when it comes to pass efficiency. They average 9.5 yards per target. They are involved and active in the passing game. And because of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins and all the downfield weapons that Kansas City has, the reality is that it allows so many running lanes to open up and that short passing game to open up for the Kansas City Chiefs running backs that they can be dominant. And so even in limited touches, I still think Damian Williams is going to be a very good back. I still think LaShawn McCoy now is going to have a better offensive line, can still be a very good back. But when it comes to your season-long team, you either need to be all in on both of those guys, have exposure to both Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy when it comes to your season-long team, or just avoid the whole situation completely because it's going to be a full-on timeshare. Sort of. You know that as well as anybody. You cover this team. You're involved with this team. You've seen it from week in and week out. And based on what Andy Reid has said, based on the money that they're, that they're sending to LaShawn McCoy and giving him the season, it just makes all the sense in the world that it's going to be a committee backfield, and then they're going to ride with the hot hand late in the third, late in the fourth. So you either want to have exposure to both when it comes to season long or just avoid that situation completely. I think because I buy into what the Chiefs running backs have been able to do under Andy Reid, I want shares of both those guys. Yeah, and I'm avoiding it just altogether. But <laughs> uh, And that's your prerogative. That's fine. I tell the people about some of the sleepers they can go find on FantasySportsMarkets.com today. There's a lot of really intriguing sleepers for today. I'm very intrigued by D.D. Westbrook going up against the Chiefs. I think especially when it comes to non-salary cap players, uh, somebody like D.D. Westbrook has a chance to be very low-owned. And, and same thing with Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin, as you know, Serta, is the fantasy darling of 2019. He was the guy that had moved up on everybody's draft board. Um, but, again, when you start circling through uh, all the different wide receivers that you can play today, you can play a Julio, you can play an Odell Beckham, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, uh, Adam Thielen against Atlanta, uh, you start scrolling down, you realize that Chris Godwin's name may not be right at the top. So he's a guy that I love and probably going to have exposure to. Certainly he's going to be one of my starting wide receivers in the Beat Benny Heist contest. And then at tight end today, um, you know, people are just going to want to play Travis Kelsey and George Kittle in that high-scoring affair of San Francisco on the road at Tampa Bay. But, man, I'm very excited for the return of Hunter Henry today. I think it's a very advantageous matchup at home against the Colts. Uh, the Colts' secondary is fairly good, but you can exploit them in the middle of the field. And uh, I'll go ahead and say that's my, my bold prediction today. Hunter Henry gets into the end zone for six uh, against the Indianapolis Colts at home. You can follow him on Twitter at Benny Heist. Thank you very much, Ben. We will catch up with you next week. Third, I can't wait. Go week one. Let's do this. Over the top. Over the top is my 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 top deep sleeper, I guess. And I already talked about him a little bit. We already heard a little bit about him. From our guy, Ben Heisler. 
Well, Heisler was Chris Godwin. My guy is Deshaun Jackson. And uh, any of my season log leagues this year, I did not go after Deshaun Jackson, but I do love his value today as he's still a top-notch deep threat when he when he does get going. He had a bum finger, but he's expected to play. He's cheap. He's got a great cornerback matchup. Wentz has thrown for multiple touchdowns the last three times he's played Washington. I think Jackson will be a good move from a guy like who's probably going to be a little bit more popular, like a Jamison Crowder or a Tyler Boyd, who are going to be very popular daily plays. I also do like agree with Heisler. I agree with Chris Godwin, but I think he's going to be a little bit more popular than the Deshaun Jackson today. So I like Deshaun Jackson is my deep, deep, over-the-top sleeper of the day. Got to hit a quick timeout. We can get back. We're going to get a little sports horny with our top-off player of the week. Welcome back into Fantasy Football Sunday. Thank you guys for joining me. I am your host, Steven Serta. Before we get back to the matchups, I need you guys to make sure you're keeping up to date on all of our brand new podcasts on the 435 Podcast Network. No one has your local college sports covered quite like we do here at 610 Sports Radio. Faithful to our colors with John Kurtz. Must listen for any K-State Wildcats fan. True Sun Podcast with Brandon Kylie will perk you up even when Mizzou lets you down. And brand new to the 435 Podcast Network, the Mass Street Podcast with Sean Levine covering all things Kansas Jayhawks. So make sure you download the Radio.com app and head on over to 610sports.com to like and subscribe to all of our brand new content. But like I promised you before the break, need to get our top off player of the week. Top off player of the week. I could make a case that there's no individual that I'm excited about this week as I'm really just excited that football's back, right? That's all I care about, really. I mean, there's individuals that I love, and normally I probably will have an individual guy that I'm genuinely sports horny and juiced up for. But, man, I'm just ready for it to be back. Like, I don't even like the fact that I'm going to get off the air in 12 minutes and then I'm still going to have to wait two more hours before football starts. Like, I'm ready to go right now. I wish there was a London game or something today because I am juiced and ready to roll. I I could make a case for Antonio Brown because although I'm disappointed that he did, in fact, sign with the Steelers or with with the Patriots, that team's going to be really, really good and probably fun to watch. Maybe just as much fun to watch as your Kansas City Chiefs are going to be to watch on offense this year because they're incredibly talented. I'm also really excited about Dalvin Cook. He's got an incredible matchup against the Falcons. Who They don't even try to cover receiving running backs. I'm just ready for football. Let's see what's going on with the soft hands. Soft hands catch. Now Rodgers. Finally has some time, and is going to air it out deep downfield, and at the 27-yard line, that is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So they do absolutely nothing in the first quarter, and then Rodgers collects 47 on that pass. That was literally the only good play from that Thursday night football game. Like, the whole point of that is to highlight something baller that happened, and that was it. Like, Aaron Rodgers threw it off his back foot. He was kind of falling away. He wasn't set. It was a ridiculous throw. 
I love Marquez Valdez Scantling this season. I did not land him in any of my season-long leagues because I never got the value for him that I wanted, but I think he is clearly their number two wide receiver behind Devontae Adams, and I think he is going to expose some opposing cornerbacks this season. I think if he is av- if, if there's any possibility that he is available in any of your leagues, you need to go out and get him right now because I think we're going to see a lot more of that this season. He is going to be Aaron Rodgers' top deep threat, and he's maybe the best deep threat that Rodgers has had since, like, prime Jordy Nelson. So I love Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and that was one of the only highlights from a very poor opening week Thursday night football game. We still got a bunch of matchups to get to. The Rams at the Panthers. Rams worried me a little bit this week because they didn't play a single starter at all during the preseason. We saw how that worked out for the Packers and the Bears on Thursday night. They also lost two starting offensive linemen from last year, and it could seriously affect them. You know, they're they're still expected to have a good offensive line, and the way Sean McVay utilizes his offense and and the quick motions and all of that stuff, that helps offensive line play. But you can't lose two starters and expect that these younger guys can just step in and fill that gap. So I don't know how I feel about the Rams. I don't love Jared Goff this week. He's been pretty brutal on the road throughout his career. He averaged 227 yards and one touchdown in uh, five outdoor road games last year. Of course, he's going to be outdoor again in Carolina. And they weren't against good passing defenses or anything. Like, like those starts were against pretty poor defenses last season, so it's not like he was facing these elite defenses and just having bad games. Uh, supposedly, Todd Gurley's going to get a full workload to deploy him because the offense, especially on the road when Jared Goff is playing terrible, the offense generally runs through Todd Gurley. We don't know about his knee, but he's never going to be healthier than he is right now, so get Todd Gurley in your lineup. Um, and if I don't like Goff, I don't love the Rams wide receivers. I'm not in love with Woods and Cup today, but I understand you probably have to play them in your season-long leagues. I do like Brandon Cooks, though, because the Panthers' secondary wasn't great last season against speed-wide receivers who could take the top off the defense. They allowed the fifth-most passing touchdowns last season, and they got burned multiple times by guys who can fly. Of course, you play Christian McCaffrey. He is the Carolina Panthers' offense. I don't love Cam this week because the Panthers have a bad offensive line, and Aaron Donald is coming. He's going to throw a lot of quick, short stuff, I would expect, today. I think that's a positive thing for a guy like DJ Moore, and that is a negative thing for a guy like Curtis Samuel, because I don't think he's going to have an opportunity to get anything deep going whatsoever. Looking at the Chiefs and Jags, I don't hate Nick Foles today, even without starting left tackle Cam Robinson, who isn't supposed to play I get that the Chiefs rebuilt their entire defense, and I, I still don't think they're a great unit. Their pass rush should be able to give Foles some problems, and I think that their defensive line is deep and is talented, but I still think that Nick Foles is going to be able to to expose them a little bit deep if they can't get after him. And I still like Leonard Fournette in this game because he'll get all of the carries. Last season, TJ Yeldon had a monster game against the Chiefs, I like D.D. Westbrook a lot today. I've got D.D. in multiple lineups. I think he's clearly their top wide receiver. I don't trust any Chiefs cornerback, and that includes Kendall Fuller. I'd be shocked if this happened, too. But I think the idea is kind of funny to just take a look at Chris Conley and maybe put him in a daily play lineup because I can promise there's not going to be very many people that are starting Chris Conley. It is kind of like that revenge matchup for him, although I think he left Kansas City on pretty good terms. 
Only game Patrick Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown last season was against this top-end defense. I think the Jags' defense, which was still good last year, somehow got better with the addition of Josh Allen, who's looked really good in the preseason. Obviously, you were still playing Pat, Tyreek, and Kelsey. Tyreek only hauled in two catches when he was shadowed by Jalen Ramsey last season, and the Jags were good against tight ends all last year, but Travis Kelsey still managed to put up 100 yards against them, so there's no way you're benching Travis Kelsey. Chiefs offense is just too good to really bench anyone, uh, but I don't love Sammy Watkins. Got the tough matchup against A.J. Boye. Damian Williams should get most of the work, I think, but I, I mean, I don't I don't know that LaShawn McCoy is really going to steal that many snaps from him, but if you believe anything that Andy Reid says, there's enough concern there that I don't really want to mess with any of them, as you heard me talk about with Ben Heisler earlier. Indianapolis Colts against the Los Angeles Chargers. It's a tough matchup for the Colts, but this offensive line is very, very good. I don't really want to start any Colts wide receivers. I am benching T.Y. Hilton in one of my leagues against this good Chargers secondary, even without Derwin James. Their cornerbacks are still some of the most elite cornerbacks in the NFL. I do like Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle, though. Jacoby Brissett loves his tight ends. When Jacoby Brissett was the starter a few years ago, Jack Doyle finished the season as the number seven tight end in the NFL. Obviously, Eric Ebron's going to be the goal line guy. Jack Doyle's more of a possession PPR tight end for them, the way they're going to utilize him, and Ebron is the red zone target. So I think that they're both guys that you can play in your lineups today because I think Jacoby is going to be dumping down a lot to these guys, and he's going to be looking for Ebron once they get inside the five-yard line. I love Marlon Mack. You know I love Marlon Mack. You know that's my guy. He's averaged five yards per carry at the end of the last season. And he took over more route running. He's got a legit chance to be the bell cow. Chargers were bottom five against pass catching running backs last year. As far as Phil goes, they don't have Russell Okung. Their blockers are subpar. Their offensive line's going to be trash. They don't have Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler is set for a nice matchup, though. But I kind of want to see how they use the running backs. Justin Jackson should not be in your lineup until you see that. But Eckler has the pass catching ability. Colts gave up the second most pass catches to running backs last year. Keenan Allen's obviously going to be in your lineup. And I'm actually not really all that interested in Mike Williams today. As far as the season goes, Mike Williams is an intriguing player, of course, but I'm not playing him today. And I do love Hunter Henry just as much as Ben Heisler does. The Colts allowed the most receptions and yards to the tight end position last year. Cincinnati Bengals at the Seattle Seahawks. For some reason, Andy Dalton's really good in September. His numbers are significantly better to start the season than they are to end the season. That kind of makes sense, but they're, like, absurdly better. It, do- it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why Andy Dalton's so much better at this time of year. But but that means that you could probably play Andy Dalton today even without A.J. Green. I like Tyler Boyd's matchup. The Seahawks were really bad against slot-wide receivers last year, and they didn't do anything to address that in the offseason. So I think Tyler Boyd, even drawing a lot of coverage, is in play today. Joe Mixon in for a tough one, though, and I don't want anything to do with Giovanni Bernard. Love Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett in this game. DK Metcalf and David Moore are hurt. Lockett's genuinely going to see every single throw from Russell Wilson. Like, like, like for real. I love Chris Carson as well. He's going to be involved in the passing game, according to Pete Carroll. The Bengals allow a ton of yards to pass-catching backs. So if he gets that type of role, Chris Carson's going to be one of my favorite running backs moving forward. Giants at Cowboys, Saquon Barkley always in your lineup. I don't need to spend any time on him. Eli was actually okay against the Cowboys last season. 
Uh, but none of these pass catchers is worth playing besides Evan Ingram, who did score in both of his matchups against the Cowboys last year. Sterling Shepard's top wide receiver, but he hasn't done anything in five straight games against Dallas. He is absolutely staying on my bench. Ezekiel Elliott in your lineup, even if he only gets 12 carries, he's Zeke. You play Zeke. Don't put, don't mess around and bench him. Just put him in your lineup and hope that he breaks one off against this garbage Giants defense, which went right up there with Miami with the Miami Dolphins has an opportunity to be one of the worst defenses in the NFL. You're playing Zeke today. And I mean, this might be your only opportunity to play Tony Pollard because if he is going to be involved and if you spend a reasonably high draft pick on him because you expected Zeke was going to sit out games, you might want to put Tony Pollard in your lineup and just get something out of him because if Zeke goes off today, you might never hear from Tony Pollard again and you can just drop him. So this might be your only opportunity to play him. I like Amari. I like Michael Gallup. I think they're both worth the risk today. Um, I don't feel anything at all for Jason Witten. Lions at Cardinals. Pretty much playing anyone who plays against the Cardinals this season until they get Patrick Peterson back because that secondary is not good. I like Matthew Stafford a lot today. The Cardinals were one of the worst run defenses in the league last year. They allowed 20 rushing touchdowns all last season, and they've just gotten worse somehow. Karrion Johnson, obviously a start. C.J. Anderson's definitely going to get carries if you believe anything Matt Patricia says, so he might be a sneaky play if you're super desperate at running back. I like Stafford, so I must like Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones, I feel like we're sleeping on Marvin Jones. Everybody forgot how good Marvin Jones was. 49ers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, all you really need to know about this one. Start George Kittle. I don't trust Jimmy G yet. Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman. I'm starting both of them in one lineup today because I have that much faith in that Kyle Shanahan rushing attack. They're both going to be involved. I think they're both going to produce. And that Tampa Bay defense is absolutely brutal. Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, all in play. Pete Sweeney, stay away from Peyton Barber. Nobody thinks he's good, and you should not put him in your lineup. Steelers-Patriots, I mean, get your guys in. I have faith. Okay, tickets, or Protein House, Eat With a Purpose, text line 69306. I'll answer some more of your questions. My guys from Arrowhead, Pride Arrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.